0: You know, Steve, back in uh, back in the early summer when I was stuck in your Twitch channel, and you thought I was just really into the shitty games you were playing, but I was scouting yeah. talent. I knew I was <laughs> going to need a co-host soon. I said, "Is this the kind of guy they could take over if I get a little too drunk?" Is this, is this the kind of guy? And and it, you you were. And I just want to say, today episode was this five or six some shit. It's going to come into play. I uh, it's we're at the brink. We're at the precipice. Of a Thanksgiving holiday, I got the whole week off, so I went Sunday bloody Sunday. Had mm. three, three bloody Marys today, <laughs> which is more than a bartender or a doctor combined. If they talked to, talked about it, they would not recommend you do three. <laughs> I did three, and I'm feeling pretty sick and I'm pretty drunk. So if this podcast starts going, bloop, if I start dozing off. You got to take over, my man. This is what you were scouted for. I just want to point that out. So thank you for being
1: my co-host, and I hope you're doing well, because you, you've basically got to be. Trading wheels off. Welcome to Blink Presents Polykill. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everybody,
0: welcome to, this is the, I don't know, what is it, six The sixth episode. This the sixth episode, of season two. Polykill Podcast. As always, we're your host. I'm Travis, joined by your today's probably premier co-host, Steve. And Steve, I gotta ask you've you've got we've got we both got Thanksgiving coming up. Are you working all week? You got a few days off. How's it work for you?
1: No, so we we get Thursday, Friday off, Mm. and I have a shorter week. Plus, I have the added bonus of we don't got to go into details, but you know sometimes in your work life. There's one or two people that maybe generate a lot of the work. Maybe they're the biggest thorn in your sides. Hmm. And and we'll just say that there's some of those in my office, and they may or may not be out this whole week. So we got three days that are not going to be too bad, gotcha. followed by four days of doing absolutely nothing. We're being safe, you know, not going anywhere for Thanksgiving. So we got a nice long rock block of games coming up. Right on, my dude. So that's good. So yeah, so you're going to be coasting
0: at work, and I assume it's not the kind of job where you could get away with, you know, tucking the old switch under your shirt and getting a few reps in in between work tasks. But uh, that'd be pretty cool. I uh, I got the whole week off, like I said, so I'm I'm cruising. That's that's a beautiful thing. I mean, any big plans? Well, the first plan is not to tell my wife I have Monday and Tuesday off.
1: (laughs) So so the way that's going, she'll know.
0: No, she's not going to know. She's not going to know. See, she, she's she got to work. And uh, and then her uh, her mother comes and watches my kids. So I got two days gonna skirt-free down there. I'm going to pretend like I'm working. I'm going to get some stuff done. I'm going to get some Tales of the uh, Lesser Mediums scripts. I'm going to get some Nest friend scripts. I'm going to play some games for this podcast. I'm going to get some shit done. And uh, if she does find out, I'm in deep shit. So I just need everybody to be on my side. <laughs> this, this is going to come out on Tuesday. So hopefully, you know, if she doesn't find out by 5 o'clock on Tuesday, I'm in the clear. But uh, that's that's the plan. Hopefully I didn't say any of this too loud because she's upstairs.
1: I was So does she listen regularly? Is this one of those things where she'll never find out? Or oh, yeah. is she definitely going to find out on Tuesday, but by then it's too late, so haha.
0: She doesn't even know I have a podcast. She thinks <laughs> I come down here and show my butthole on OnlyFans. I would never tell her I had a podcast. No way. She you would think I was weird. Yeah, oh my God, I would hate it so much. But yeah. So that's good. So, you know, we've got uh we've got a little bit of downtime coming up, which is great. And here's the funny thing. We're we're about to go into games that are coming out here in the in the short term that we're excited about. And you know, last time, last episode, big new consoles were coming out, lots of games, right? We mm-hmm. had all these all these uh these upgrades to some old games. we had some new games coming out. A lot to be excited for. It was basically video gamer Olympics. you know every four years it's like the uh, like the World Cup every few years you get you get excited about American soccer and then you go back to not even knowing that it exists. That was kind of you know that that was what the the console releases were for for all of the casuals to get excited about something for for a little while <laughs> um, and i I was totally like none of that. Excites me, but for some reason, Steve, this time around, I see a few games there on the old list that speak to me directly. One of those games is Empire of Sin. This is the game. This is a game that I've actually been excited for for a little while because it's one of those sort of cover-based, tax strat, XCOM, enemy unknown style games, but it's sort of rooted in mafia, um, Elliot Ness kind of theme. And that speaks
1: directly to me. Is this one that you're not familiar with at all, or is this just not your style? I don't know a single thing about it. To be honest, when you say Empire of Sin, it reminds me of that there was like a boom for a while. Maybe early 2000s, kind of post StarCraft, where I feel like there was a bunch of RTS games that came out before the genre just totally died out. Stuff like Rise of Nations and things like that. Mm. I, if you said the name Empire of Sin to me and said, oh, yeah, in 2003, it was an RTS game that came out. A couple hundred thousand people played it. I'd be like, hmm, that checks out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. And it does sound like what we might rename the Polykill Network. But Empire of Sin, <laughs> actually, it's a it's a 1920s gangster style fantasy, uh, basically strategy game. And I'm into that. I guess he's like some cover-based XCOM style stuff where you're taking your I don't even I don't know guns that well, but your M whatever is relevant to that time machine gun, your M12, M13, I don't know. <sighs> you you get behind a crate of liquor and you shoot at a cop. I mean, that's hmm. all you got to do. It's pretty fun. So I'm pretty excited about it. I could have made all that none of what I just said could be in the game. But I'm excited for that theme, that whole gangster style theme, to come to life through that uh, that that genre. I think that's really interesting, and I, I'm really excited for it. I think um, it's it's coming out so it's December first, uh, 2020, and it's going to be on everything uh, that we're used to. Essentially, none of the new stuff. It's going to be on the uh, the the PS4, the Xbox One, the Switch, which is what I'll, I'll hopefully play it on. And PC and Mac, so uh, pretty pretty excited about that. Believe it or not, it's it's actually it's one of those games that like not many people have heard of, but it's one that I've been excited for for months. I think it showed off at an E3 last year, so I've been really waiting for this one, which is rare for me. I don't I'm not usually excited for that kind of thing. So, be um, cool. Yeah. So there's one. The other one is Twin Mirror and. The only reason I am excited for Twin Mirror, and again, I don't know if you've heard of it. I don't know you, Steve. You're 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 Stranger Danger to me. But <laughs> <laughs> this game was developed by Nod, and mm-hmm. that should at least speak to you. That's the uh, the Palindrome Company that made um, uh, Life is Strange and
1: Captain What's His
0: Face. You know, what I'm talking about Captain Spirit or something.
1: Super Captain the. Super- the appetizer before the second Life is Strange came out. <laughs>
0: yeah, Captain What's-His-Face, little little boy. That was actually yeah. a really good one, too. I did play it. I just can't remember the name. But um, it's made by those people, same style. But this is a sort of duality story where you, your main character, he might have two sides to him. He's two sides of a coin. He's got an evil side and, a I guess, a good side. But I, I believe, from what I can tell in the trailers, you're only playing the good side, but you interact with the bad side. The bad side is sort of a a figment of your imagination. He's the parrot on your shoulder. He comes and talks to you and, and sort sort of taunts you and whatnot. And you make a lot of decisions, and, and a lot of it is also solving a crime that you may have committed. You have to kind of engage your memory palace, so to speak, and figure out what what you've done and, and why it happened. So that kind of speaks to me because I'm a— it's not remotely true crime but because I'm pretty sure someone was murdered in it I'm excited
1: about it and that's <laughs> that's a thing that you can say about me I'm glad you brought this one in because i in looking at the games that are coming up here I did look this one up and it looked pretty cool actually mm. it does seem like the type of game that I'd be into and probably is one ultimately that I'll play um it it does the thing that I love where when you're in like the the quote unquote mine palace it's all like just floating chunks of rock and random Mm. uh, geometry that's sort of interspersed in various different inexplicable locations, things like that. But uh, I didn't put it on the list here because I was like, you know what? That looks cool. But if he asks me even one question about it, I won't know anything about this game. (laughs) So if he's like, Oh, what's what genre is that? I'm like, I don't know. It looks like life is strange. Oh, that's cool. Well, what's, what's the story like? Oh, it's kind of, you know, In, like, a post-Life is Strange kind of world. (laughs) Doing some post-Life is Strange kind of activities. That is a good
0: point, yeah. I mean, it's, I guess you could call it the, I mean, it's adventure genre, but I feel like there needs to be a chalk outline around that, in that, like, there is a a very strong difference between adventure genre and the modern adventure genre, which is a little different. You know, you're not playing, you're not playing Zork. And seeing floating rocks and islands I- encapsulating a dream space. And you know, it's just not something they could express in in two sentences. So, yeah, it's, we've
1: it's advanced storytelling for sure. We've gone from text adventures to point and click adventure to have we landed on a new name yet? Or is it currently mm. just adventure? And then however it evolves in the future, they'll look back and call these episodic <laughs> narrative adventures or whatever they are.
0: yeah that's a good point i think i think for games genres need to be defined in the future they need to look back and and lump us all lump lump them all together because yeah like you're saying like i don't even know there's there's probably a genre right now going on i'm not even aware of and 10 years from now i'll be like yeah all those games are related i didn't even think about that so (laughs) that's a that's a really good really good point um the only other game here that i'm Pretty excited for is actually one that's already out on a few different platforms. I'm just excited for it because it's finally coming to Switch, and that's John Wick Hex. And I, if you're not familiar with John Wick Hex, I mean, certainly most people I'm assuming is familiar with John Wick, which is the Keanu Reeves. A uh, series of films where he's just completely badass doesn't doesn't say a whole lot, but just murders. People. It's it's a video game movie essentially. Mm-hmm. I think it's like the perfect idea for a first person shooter or just 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 being a video game character in general because he pulls off all of these wicked, crazy, unbelievable types of kills, and it's all it's really fast paced and fun. And there's not a lot of story really. Doesn't like the first one they just hurt his dog and he was upset and killed 900 guys. So I mean that's a video game for you. Um, so that I I already like when I saw that John Wick hex was an idea, I'm like, oh, that's perfect. It's just killing things constantly for no reason. Uh, John Wick hex. I think the hex has to do with, there, there's something that has to do with like tiles or something. Cause you hmm. can, you can see in the, in the videos of, or the trailers, it seems like there's some, I don't know, some, some reference to, to hexagonal movement perhaps, but it, I would consider it super hot meets hotline Miami, Oh. Sort of meets a cover shooter. It's kind of got that cell-shaded look. It's 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 sort of basic, but it it's very eye-popping. It's clearly Keanu Reeves, and it's clearly just fun, sort of fast-paced, reactionary kill-type things, uh, you know, combos and whatnot. So that's something I can really get behind, and it feels like it's perfect for me on the Switch. When I think of the Switch, I think of... More lo fi retro oriented type experiences for some reason. That's not maybe entirely fair because both Xbox and, and PlayStation have those types of games pretty plentiful throughout. Mm-hmm. But for some reason on the Switch, I just associate um, more of the throwback style games there. So it'll feel at home there for me. Again, it's been out since I think October of 2019, but it's finally coming to Switch. So that's why I'm putting it on the list here. And hopefully it's something I can pick up uh, at some point soon. So. Those are my three games I'm looking forward to. Empire of Sin, Twin Mirror, John Wick Hex, plenty of murdering and killing and whatnot, so that's where I'm at. Happy Thanksgiving.
1: Very on brand. It seems the hexagonal movement is kind of an interesting idea for something that is ostensibly just an action game. I would have expected be wrong. just Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always that.
0: I mean, I could be wrong. I just I, When I was looking at the trailer, I was like, what is this Hex? And the very, one of the very first scenes is it shows some hexagons in the scene. And I was like, oh, hexagon!" So maybe it's like the way he moves around or something. There's got to be something. It has to be tied there somehow. Um, so I'm not real sure, to be quite honest. I'll have to play it. But,
1: yeah, I, I have no idea. Hmm. Interesting. I will have to look into it. But, uh, you know, you've got three hot games there. Why did you say we bring you into the hot seat? Oh, <laughs> good segue. That was an all right one. All right, so <laughs> are you are you buttoned up? Are you prepared to answer the hardest questions of your life? I, God, I hope so, man. I, I, I hope so. They're not that hard. Question okay. one. If you could have picked your own name, what would you have chosen? Bertrand Big Butt.
0: And that's only to fool people because I have no butt at all. My wife hmm. even says, you have no booty. And I'm like, well, if I did, would you love me more? And then she doesn't reply, which I assume is her way of saying probably, but she doesn't want to hurt my feelings. I feel like by putting it in the name, it's a better sell. And then people just convince themselves that I have a pretty decent behind. And Bertrand is just a strong name. Let's all agree with
1: that. That's just true. Plus, you can go by be big, but for short. So it works out well. Exactly. All right. What would you pick for your last meal?
0: Well, my last meal has to be, and I'm going to make it, it depends. I mean, are we, are we going to murder me after this?
1: Am I Mm -hmm. getting, am I getting the chair? I'll let you choose if it's that you're getting put down or, (laughs) or if you just have some like uh, superhuman power to know that you're going to die of old age in four (laughs) hours and you know, this is the last time you'll be hungry.
0: If I'm getting put down by the American penal system, I'm going to make them pay for it. So I'm going to get the grossest thing that I know will require several men to scrub out of that seat. I'm getting, you know, Taco Bell aired on Taco Bell. Maybe a little bit of Papa John's, just to fuck with them a little bit. I don't even know if they make those accommodations, but if I could get a Papa John's pizza with Taco Bell stuffed crust, I will ruin that seat. That's kind of... I just
1: want... I just want revenge. (laughs) That's all I want. (laughs) Get a Papa John's pizza, let it cool a little bit, (laughs) peel that layer of cheese back, tuck some hard shells in there, and layer it back down. That's That's what I want. Give me a Papa Lupa. God, I'd be lying if I didn't say I respected that. (laughs) All right. So, how old do you think the youngest person is that could beat you in an arm wrestling match?
0: Easily eight years old. And... Seven-year-olds would really put up a good fight, but as someone personally who's not very strong, I play video games all day and I mostly run for exercise, meaning I don't ever use my arms to do anything but pick up a- another drink of beer. Uh, I I remember when I was in Little League football, other eight-year-olds would
1: just smear my ass, so I know they're tough. <laughs> As I was writing it, I thought to myself, if he says anything older than eight, he's a liar. So we're good. (laughs) Yeah. All right. What video game system do you know the least about? I feel like I know next to nothing
0: about like the Channel F. I don't own one. I've seen it in books. I've never seen one in person. The games look made up. I don't think those are real. I've never, I don't even know what the controller looks like. So there you go. The Channel F.
1: Hmm. If you put a Channel F in a stack of Ataris, I would never be able to pull it out of the lineup. So I, I understand.
0: Even if they were all the wooden Atari systems and one looked different, I'd be like, that's also probably an Atari, I bet.
1: Yeah. Somebody, I've, I, people use the word Vader sometimes. Is that <laughs> one of them Vaders? <laughs> uh, all right. So. If you could choose to be born in another time period, which time period would you choose, if you would choose one at all?
0: Oh, absolutely. I think the Victorian age, because women's dresses were much plumier, and you could you could use them to hide around to get to other places. If you're being stalked or something, you know, like Metal Gear style, you know how they used boxes? I would just get under a lady's dress and kind of follow her around and then pop out and get into a bush, and then pop out and get in another lady's dress, follow her for a little bit. That's not <laughs> even a perverted thing. That's just me trying to be stealthy.
1: That's just, that's just good sense. And that's yeah. a perfectly valid reason to uproot your whole life to another time period. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I would ask her first and be polite, and if she said no, please don't get under there, I'd be like, absolutely, I won't I will not. <laughs> but mm. uh, if she granted permission, yeah, we're hiding together and I'm running and I'm going where she's going. 100%. Perfect. Yeah. And then
1: you die of old age at 37 and you're good to go. With none of my teeth. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, finally. If you could eliminate one of these, but in exchange, the other one would be twice as bad for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, Which man. one would you eliminate? Traffic or stuffy noses?
0: Oof. So if I get rid of one, the other one is twice as bad for the rest of my life. Yep. Oof. I think I got to go with stuffy noses cuz you know, I see a benefit in traffic. It's sort of a it's a universal excuse. You can you can say, hey, sorry I'm late, traffic, all the time. And the good thing about traffic, I get more time for podcasting. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I'm at. I'm like, I can get more shit done in traffic. When I have a stuffy nose, I'm just a bitch. I can't, you can't even <laughs> be around me. I'm not fun. I'm just, <laughs> just constantly slurping back stuff, and it's just not
1: a good time. But with traffic, I can get some shit done. That's a pandemic answer. You've forgotten how terrible traffic is. So you're like, oh, traffic's probably fine. I remember driving.
0: Also, I live in the middle of nowhere. The worst traffic I get, I get behind a guy just hauling too much hay at once. Like, damn Mm. it, Roy, we're trying to get places.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but now there'd be two of them. (laughs) (laughs) Two Roys. God damn it, Roy. Roy and Roy. (laughs) Get out of here. Get out of here. All right. Good stuff. Well, you survived. You made it through. And good answers, I think, too. Thank you. I got one more question for you. Oh, shit. What have you been playing?
0: Nothing good segue from you. I'm liking your skill set. might keep you around. So what I've been playing, (laughs) well, I got back into that Vandal Hearts. Oh, yeah. Now, we talked a couple episodes ago. I was having a bit of a go. I said, really pounded me in the old A. I might have said that (laughs) more delicately then. (laughs) But I was like, at the time, I was having a bit of a go with it. And I think there's just a there's just a spike right there in the middle, and it's oh. it's one of those games where a spike can really derail you, you know, because yeah. you put like an hour in of effort on a map, and and for those that don't remember or recall, Vandal Hearts is a sort of a singular map based um, tactical strategy game, uh, sort of isometric cover style. I don't know all the words right now. I, if you missed the intro, I'm a little drunk, but basically. You have an army, they have an army. You gotta scoot them around and make them attack each other. And it can go about twenty minutes before you realize you made a bad mistake eighteen minutes ago. It there are some setbacks. What I found was though, when I when I stopped playing it for a little while, when I was like, oh, I'm getting a little burnout, was on a couple maps there back to back that were just kicking me hard. And I tried and tried, and they were just tough. I had to console the walkthrough. I was like, what are y'all doing? Did y'all do something <laughs> different? Do you have different character? I always, do you ever play a game, Steve, where you like? You've been playing this game, and you thought, like, I've been nailing this. This game has been great. And then you look at the walkthrough, and they're on, like, a whole different stratosphere of, like, being good at it. They're like, you need to use this weapon
1: that you found yes. here. And you're like, I don't have any of that. What? what? I hate looking up, especially for strategy RPGs, because you you go to check up a fight to be like, oh, give me give me some hints. Give me a nudge on, like you know, tell me that if I stand on this one tile that it blows up three enemies. Tell me something I need to hear. <laughs> and you go and look, and in the top it says, you know, recommended level five over whatever you are right now. And then <laughs> yeah. they start describing all these things that they want you to do as if you had been following the guide from moment one on their specific path and build. They don't yes. give you any generalized help, they just say, if you were smart enough to look us up before, you'd be doing great right now.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. I hate that. I hate that the so worst. much. I. If I could rewrite every walkthrough ever, I would write it from the the most drunken, luckiest bastard to ever play the game's perspective. Like, if you somehow got here, if you lucked out and got past the last boss, and you had no idea what you were doing, and you find yourself here, this is what you need to do. That's <laughs> how I need all of them to start. And unfortunately, they didn't start like that. So they were like, Ooh. well, you want to take—and and here's another thing that bothers me, too. I rename all the characters. So they're like Uh-oh. they're like, take Frohan, and I'm like, who the fuck is that? I don't know who that is, because I <laughs> named everybody after my pets. I don't know who Frohan is, <laughs> I don't know who Beagleborg is, I don't know any of these people. I know Ralph, he's my cat. I know Ella, that's my daughter, and I know Leonard, he's my other cat. I don't know who these people are you're talking about. So that's also a hurdle that I have to deal with. But what I found in that game specifically was that there were a couple maps back-to-back right in the middle of the game that was sort of like, you know, for lack of a more uh, PC term, man-maker, where if you didn't make it through that, you were pretty much screwed. But if you made it through that, the rest of the game was sort of kind of a— not coast through, but it was kind of like you're going to hit that level of difficulty every single time. If you get past that, it's going to be like that all the way through. So I'm I'm actually pretty far into Vandal Hearts now. For the last couple nights, I've been going through a map at a whack, which is about an hour of time. Going in, and it takes a lot of mental fortitude, so it's not like I can just keep playing for hours. I go in, I'm like, all right, what do we got here? Sending you here, sending you here, quarterback in the whole thing. And then when I beat it, I save it, and I go do something else because I'm like, whew, we did it. <laughs> We got through it, and it's always I barely beat it, by the way. It's not like I'm like rinsing my hands of it and walking around cocky, shoo- throwing my finger guns up in the
1: air, blowing smoke. It's It seems great. It, it, why does every strategy RPG have to have one of those spikes, though? I think the go-to example is Final Fantasy Tactics. There's like the one fight that everyone sort of traditionally knows as you either built towards this fight and can do it, or maybe you can use this one cheese strategy, or you just have to restart the game. <laughs> I don't get why they're all like that.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's really it's really something else. And and I'll I'll go ahead in in here to my my other game that I've been playing around a little bit. I don't have a ton to say about it because I don't feel like there's if you play if you've played one Spyro game, you you kind of got it for, at least in terms of the PS1 one so far that I'm finding uh you, you kind of know plenty all you need to know about the rest of them. But Sparrow Two, I am finding is a much more rich experience. There's a few more level, you know, not levels, but layers to to what you're doing there. But I do find it interesting that in that game, like some of the biggest bads, some of the scariest enemies you'll come face to face with, one hit. Most enemies are a one hit Mm -hmm. kill if you can get get in on them. And I just find that really interesting because, for as easy as that makes the game sound, it will still find a way to sack me. (laughs) because they'll they'll be like really sneaky fast or they'll have some way to get around your shots or something like that. And I'm like, I just need to hit them once. But uh, yeah, but I do find it to be a lot of fun. It's very charming game. And and like I said, if you like Spyro one, Spyro two is a a much more rich experience. So I'm enjoying it so
1: far. I don't know how far into it I am, but it's, it's been great. I'm glad you're liking it. I, I do think that Spyro two kind of is where that trilogy uh, figures out exactly what it wants to do mm. and it's kind of like firing on all cylinders and probably the best that it that it does all three games are great but you're you're in the juiciest bit in that second act so enjoy <laughs> it i've been playing so i got one ps5 game here and that's because we're going to talk about a lot of ps5 come come beats discussion. Oh, but okay. right. we've got one non-beat here that i'm working through and that's Sackboy: boy a big adventure i'm just going to pause to let you make whatever mm-hmm. joke it is you're cooking
0: up in your head I'll tell you what I had a big adventure as a sack boy right around the age of 13. I was like what's going on down here you know and it was it was a wild few months in the locker room but we figured it out.
1: there we go all right yep. well done we made it through we all survived <laughs> It's good stuff uh, but for anyone not aware this is the latest game in the Little Big planet franchise I guess but it doesn't play. Like the other little big planet games, the other ones were 2D platformers that kind of had a a big focus on level creation and editing. This is no level editor, no creator. It's all a set of structured levels built by the developers, and it's not 2D. It's more of that like 3D, 2D hybrid. Uh, Super Mario 3D World is the best way to describe it, where you're you're going from A to B, but it's on like a three-dimensional plane where you can kind of wiggle around within the within the bumpers and so really charming game looks great on ps5 i mean it's it's very much like yoshi's crafted world where it's a bunch of textiles and fabrics and yarn and all kinds of stuff that make Mm. up the world of this game and so you know you You see a creature made out of yarn, and you can see all the little tiny fuzzy fibers that would be coming out of that piece of yarn, just like it was a piece (laughs) of yarn in real life. It's the best yarn you've ever seen. You've seen a lot of yarn in your house, I'm sure. Yeah, this is a yarn-friendly home, and both myself (laughs) and the ladies have been enjoying it. There's one downside to this game. Well, let's start with the good. It's very chill. The music is very cool. It actually does this thing where, as you play through the level the level music will build over time. So, like, the further you Mm. get into the level, it'll either add layers of instrumentation or it'll, like, progress through the song. And then sometimes, out of nowhere, it just has music levels of legit licensed music, which really threw me off. It's very much, like, in Rayman, you know? Mm. Did you play Rayman Origins or something where you'd play through a level and it was playing Black Betty in the background? (laughs) Yeah. Just like that, except... It, there was Uptown Funk played in really? this game. In Sackboy, huh. A Big Adventure, they they took the time to license however many hundreds of thousands of dollars it is to play Uptown Funk. Wow. Which was a bit of a tone clash, but it was cool. It was unexpected. We, we can barely afford to license that on this podcast. That's incredible that they <laughs> could do that. It really threw me off, but it's it's pretty cool. Uh, there's a lot of like little nooks, clever little like hidden bits to find and explore. So it's a really chill, really fun platformer. But here's my problem. And it's not a problem with the game. It's something I did to myself. So the pack-in game for PlayStation 5 is Astro's Playroom. And we'll get more into Astro's Playroom when the beats come. Okay. But this is a platformer all about PlayStation nostalgia. Excellent game. Excellent game. Astro's Playroom is so good. It's a same kind of 2D, 3D platformer. Just loved it to death. Went hard got the platinum trophy just couldn't have more good things to say about Astro's Playroom. But so I I played through that and then I popped in Sackboy and Sackboy was just, you know, moves just a little bit slower. He just mm-hmm. like uh it's a, the colors are a little more muted. There's not there's quite as many references to other things. It's just by contrast, it feels lacking. It reminds me of have you ever And this is a very specific example, but if you get it, you get it. (laughs) Have you ever been eating a piece of pie or something really sweet, Mm. maybe some sour candy? And then you take a sip of like your soda, but because your mouth is already so full of sugar, that soda kind of tastes a little flat, a little seltzery. It's not so good. You hear like, what happened here? Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, you've, you've kind of oversaturated your taste buds. I think that's what happened. So So you're not saying it's bad. You're just saying
0: like, hey, you came from a game that was good and then you moved on to that and it's just not as not as good.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you if you experience Mario 64 and then you immediately move on to Blinks the Time Sweeper, you might not be (laughs) as fond of Blinks the Time Sweeper as you would if you had played Mario 64 many years ago. My my plan of attack for that one is just I'm going to pace it, play a couple levels at a time. It's still a lot of fun. It's very chill. It's it's a good podcast game because you can. Barely pay attention to what you're doing. Just kind of like poke around in the worlds. So I think as long as I don't try to cram it all in and go hard for the platinum right away, it should be pretty good. And I would definitely recommend it. It's a cool game.
0: Right on, man. And when you say podcast game, clearly you're talking about listening to some good old podcast while you're gaming.
1: Oh, no, I'm playing it right now.
0: So you're playing it during <laughs> a podcast recording. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, the, that's the new meta. Very <laughs> no, interesting. Exactly. It's good for listening to a podcast while you're playing it because you can... Split your attention reasonably mm-hmm. well, and there's no text that you ever need to pay attention to, no story to speak of. Right, right. That's that's
0: what I like about the Spiros, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Uh, very interesting. Well, I hope I hope you can come around on Sagboy because uh, he looks fun. I like him on the cover. He looks like a good time. I just want to, you know, uh, Sagboy looks like a good time. It's adorable. Yeah, uh, something that's not quite adorable, uh, to be to be honest with you, uh, is uh is trauma. Now we not No, no <laughs> nobody likes it. No, that's true. You know, there's not not anybody out there that's like I'm a huge fan. Nobody likes it. It's Oof. very bad. But I'm playing Trauma Center, so I'm playing like you know, you know, Ground Zero of Trauma, Trauma Center, New Blood there on the Wii. Which, uh, when I looked at the names of Trauma Center games that looked like the first one, there's like Trauma Center, Two Trauma, Two Center, and Trauma Center. <laughs> in your anus and trauma center new blood and I'm like new blood has to be the first one turns out that was the last one they made <laughs> unbelievable I just I should have googled it but I just couldn't wait to get them in in the old Wii and so yeah trauma center and new bloods on the Wii so I missed the bus on a lot of Wii games that were substantial I was playing your Xboxes and your in your PlayStation's around that time I had seen the Wii as sort of a gimmick I admit I wasn't a huge fan of its um Injuries that were not like we bowling, so to speak, or first party. So I missed the bus on a lot of these. So this is an Atlas game, Trauma Center, New Blood, where uh, and if you're familiar with the Trauma Center games, I think they have some DS versions. Uh, but basically, you play through a story in an Atlas way. And I've I, and I will say, I will admit, the only other Atlas game that I have played a ton of is Persona Five. So mm. I can see so many similarities in just the way now I kind of get how Atlas does things. For a long time, I thought it was just the way Persona 5 did things. But I see this is an Atlas trademark, the way they tell story. And I really like it. I like how uh, they're they're not overly worried about animated storytelling. They don't want to make a movie for you. They don't mind just throwing a character up on the screen and having really good... Voiceover. They're really strong with having letting you have a connection with a voice actor, and so mm-hmm. I, I like that about it. And then on top of that, you know, you're dealing with weed control. Certainly, I'm doing surgery out there. I'm getting hammered, and then I'm turning on the weed. I'm trying to do a little bit of surgery, and I gotta say, you know, I might I might have a PhD, but there's no way I'm not a medical doctor, not even close. I had to turn it down to easy to get a few gallstones out of a boy and uh he, he died fourteen <laughs> times before before I decided to chalk it down to Easy to save that poor young man's life uh but he he lives to this day thankfully because i I put my ego aside. I was like, listen, this kid he needs to see tomorrow so uh, i I knocked it down to easy and i've I've had more enjoyment with it on Easy to be honest. Mm. I'd been playing that game on normal difficulty for the longest time. I was getting so frustrated, Steve. Just some of the picky stuff you have to do with a Wiimote, just some of the the pencil. Pencil to paper accuracy, you need to draw like a circle around something. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's just too much. <laughs> I couldn't do it. It was driving me insane. So I dropped it down. But I've been having fun with it, man. I, I love that concept so much. I wish Atlas would just gamify any job. I think they could
1: do it. It's funny, that, and this game started on the DS. It's the same with the Phoenix Wright games where they gamified being a lawyer into something fun. Mm. So they gamified being a surgeon into something fun. What other tedious job can we make? I guess being a surgeon isn't tedious, but what other boring-sounding profession <laughs> can we make fun? That's a good point. I
0: mean, I think there is some tedium with surgery, not not so much with like the stakes of it, but certainly with the specific pickiness of what you need to do of it which is why that game is interesting and and of course there's a story with it too which is which is fun and there's there's not a whole lot of realism like you can you know there's parts of it where you're like oh wow this is neat like i've got to you know stitch them up and got to do this put the gel on you got to do this in there's an order of operations but also like if their vitals drop you can just put a shot of Some magic sauce in them that'll get their heart rate back up.
1: (laughs) Yep. The fixed juice. I remember that vividly.
0: Yeah. So I've been putting a little fixed juice in them. But when it comes (laughs) to, you know, other, other mundane, monotonous jobs that could be gamified, I mean, I feel like Job Simulator kind of did a good job in saying like any of it. Like you could take whatever is very monotonous and mundane. You can think about that. What was that show on Discovery? The Dirty Jobs guy. I can't remember his name, but
1: Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe.
0: Yeah. You could do uh, you could do some micro stuff. He should have his own game. I'm surprised that's not like some
1: DS shovelware. We've got all these uh, like simulator games, right? There's mm-hmm. like over the road trucker simulator. There's car mechanic simulator. A million others. I imagine if you're one of these studios out there that develops these simulator games, you probably just watch dirty jobs and be <laughs> like, "All right, are, have we not made a game on any of these yet?" Like, okay, the guy that scoops the dead thats out of sewers we can make a simulator out of that sewer simulator all
0: right right on you know it just popped in my head a game that would be really I don't know about fun but interesting to experience in VR one of those uh, window washers on skyscrapers Oof with that would the be height good. that'd be kind of interesting right mm-hmm. yeah and maybe you know maybe a, you got like a rope or something on one of your uh, one of your levees there that pulls you up uh, get a little frayed there and you get a little scared you know, oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> Could be fun. Could be fun. Yeah, man. So yeah, I was uh, I was just playing a little bit of that, doing some doing some surgery. It's, it's not a bad time. Now you said you you played. Uh, it was like a was like a launch title with the Wii, right? The one of the trauma centers.
1: Yeah, I played Trauma Center Second Opinion, and it, which sounds like I, the second one to me. By the way, I just want to point that fucking out. So, so don't feel bad. Here's here's your quick rundown on this series, which is absurd. There's Trauma Center Under the Knife, reasonable first game. Trauma Center Second Opinion, which was released on the Wii as a remake of the first on DS, which I didn't even realize at the time. Then Trauma Center New Blood, which is the third game. Then the fourth game, back on the DS, Trauma Center Under the Knife 2. (laughs) And then fifth game, back on the Wii again, Trauma Team. So they couldn't decide what they were doing or where they were going. They're... Maybe there's two studios, one that made all the Wii ones and one that made the DS ones. The DS studio refused to give up the rights to call their sequel Trauma Center two. So they're like, I don't care what you guys did. (laughs) My the last game I've been playing is not about surgery, but sometimes it does kind of feel like I'm getting operated on. Mm. And that is Disc Room. This game has the world's easiest premise to explain. You are put into a room. And a bunch of saw blades are bouncing around, and you have to avoid the saw blades. That's all it is. Just yeah. imagine, like top down, uh, like a Binding of Isaac or a Zelda, or however you want to imagine a top down game. A bunch of buzzing saw blades that look just like saw blades out of Super Meat Boy are just bouncing around the room, and you're just trying to avoid them for as long as you can. How as long as you can is usually like fifteen to twenty seconds. It's oh. and it's just it's just a game of avoidance, trying not to get hit, except then it starts to become a game about getting hit because you also so you'll progress through the game it's in like imagine a zelda dungeon right and there's a room and there'll be a objective that's you know survive for 10 seconds you do that you progress to the next room which is a different set of saw blades with different behavior survive for 15 seconds cool but as you start to get deeper into the game you'll run into objectives that are like die to 25 different types of saw blades so, huh. you have to go back to previous rooms and purposefully die against certain saw blades you haven't yet or live long enough for saw blades to spawn that you haven't seen before and die against those and then huh. it just like it kind of keeps doing weird stuff like that like it it throws some really interesting kind of wacky objectives at you, and there's actually starts to be like a larger mystery at play, which is Ooh. something you wouldn't expect out of this just like. What seems like a very simple, basic game—you'll run it. You'll find these rooms that are labeled as like star charts, where the saw blades don't do anything, but then like bouncing them against a certain part of the wall will get part of the like a glyph on the floor to light up. It's very like Fez or something like that. So it's a really cool game. It, it's fun at its core level, which is just dodge the stuff, which which I like a lot because it reminds me of the pacifist mode in Geometry Wars, and then. There's like a this added level, like this meta layer on top of it that just kind of like keeps you wondering: Is there like is there a little more mystery I haven't solved here? Is there is there a little more to find? So I love that
0: though. I love a game that starts out as something bullshit and turns into: What are these glyphs doing on the floor? I feel like that's always the sign of a good game right there. When they just uh, they weren't really they had more to pack in. They just didn't know how to do it. That's good.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those things where the concept gets thrown around. Right, you're in a meeting. You can imagine with your team, and someone says, "Like, well, what if we just made a game where you have to not get cut by a saw?" And someone's <laughs> like, "Okay, but what if that? Except sometimes you do get cut by the saw, and sometimes the saw is mysterious." <laughs> I
0: feel like the guy that's uh, that owns that company is just nodding to everything everybody says.
1: Yeah, and I, I forget their names, but it's developed by like two or three guys. So you can just imagine like the drunken conversation <laughs> that this game came about during. So it's it's very cool. It's on the PC and it's on the Switch. It It's a really easy Switch game because you can pick it up, you know, do a couple runs that literally take one to two minutes. So it's huh. a lot of fun. Very cool game. Uh, I actually am right kind of right at the beat point of it. But uh, mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll definitely see you, see you through to the end. Very cool.
0: Right on. Speaking of the beat point, which I don't know. I don't know. But this is... (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to say it. You you look like you had fun when you said it. Uh, If you like what you're hearing so far, be sure to check us out on our website at polykill.com. There's more shows there. We want to thank uh, Michelle there from Petey's Power Hour uh, for upgrading the website, making it look a little more presentable to your eyes and to your mouse pointers. There you can also find Drunk Friend, which is where I and... SNES Drunk get together. We interview other creators. We've interviewed John Riggs. We've interviewed Caleb J. Ross. You've probably heard of him. He's pretty fantabulous. We've interviewed Pam from Cannot Be Tamed. Hungry Garaya. Genovi. We've interviewed all kinds of... Summoning Salt. We've interviewed all kinds of cool people. And we're going to keep that up. We've got some good ones coming down the pipe. Uh, off Kilter, where we've interviewed Steve. <laughs> Crickets chirping. If you uh, if you want to uh, you know hear... Uh, some narratives, your favorite podcast narratives. you got Tales of the Lesser Medium. We've done, so far we've covered uh, Resident Evil 1, 2, 3, and 0, and the first four Tomb Raiders, the classic Tomb Raiders. We've, uh, we've covered those stories and we've made fun of them along the way. I think it's it's something you might enjoy there. And of course, IndieQuest, Steve. Tell them, tell them what they
1: can find on IndieQuest there. IndieQuest, best show on the network. No, I'm just kidding. They're all the best show on the network. IndieQuest <laughs> is essentially your exploration of all things indie. So, Every episode we talk about a couple of different indie games, we break them down, what they are, how they play, why we like them, and then ultimately those all get sorted onto what we call the quest log, which is the main quest and the side quest, which are essentially just two competing lists, both of which represent games that you should play. So, a lot of cool uh, indie-focused discussion.
0: Right on. And I mentioned Petey's Power Hour there previously with Michelle, you can check that out if you'd like to get drunk. And, of course, Michelle has good ideas for drink recipes. She has plenty of information, historical and relevant, regarding the things that you're pouring down your gullet on a routine basis if you are an alcoholic like myself. So there you go. Please check that out.
1: Very cool. You can also rate us on iTunes or really rate us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Just remember, as you fill in those five stars, that um, if we've ever made you laugh even one time, you're legally obligated to click mm-hmm. the five stars. That's right. I don't make the laws, and it's true in every state. But yes, that, that helps us out a lot. It increases the visibility of the show. And I'm not going to lie, it makes us feel good, too. So appreciate Boy, you doing that. Really you can is. also go over to that beautiful new Polykill website we just mentioned at polykill.com and click on Merch to get all sorts of Polykill merchandise, T-shirts, mugs, or whatever else it is that makes you happy. And I, In fact, I'm, I'm wearing a Polykill shirt right now. Are you? That's right. No? You could no. be, so go get one and put it on.
0: Yes, he's talking to you. I thought he was talking to me. I felt attacked <laughs> there for a second. I was like, no. I woke up in this shirt. Leave me alone. It's 9 p.m. Uh, also, um, yeah, and we'll, we'll get we'll get some merch for all the shows up there too. So if there's something you want in particular, holler at us. Let us know. But we'll we'll put a Polykill logo on whatever you want. If you want Polykill <laughs> on something, we we can hook it up. We got it. I will say we won't do it. The folks at T Public are very crafty at getting our logo on random horseshit. So please. <sighs> Uh, polykill also we have a patreon as well everybody has one right but we you can visit poly you can visit patreon.com forward slash polykill find a tier that works for you there
1: if you're interested in helping out the show we'd really appreciate it absolutely and if you want to reach out to the show you can do so via email at polykillpodcast at gmail dot com always like to hear from people and you know you may just see yourself in a future topic of discussion we've got a couple uh, emails coming up here in our next couple episodes so stay tuned we do, in fact,
0: and uh, and yes, Top Spot, those were yours. They're coming. They're coming. <laughs> you, if you send a good, thoughtful email like Top Spot, it takes like three episode cycles for Steve and I to come together on how to approach it. So that's what you're looking for, to, folks. Please reach out with your topic of discussion, or just reach out with anything, and we might even read it out here on the show. All right, so let's get to those credits. Games that we've actually seen to the end and steve i'm gonna let you go first and i'm gonna pop in the middle somewhere because i think you you went a little ham and that's a that's millennial for hard as a mother
1: i i did go hard i'm so hard that i had to bullet and categorize my list of beats (laughs) i've never seen it this way before it's insane yes i'm not going to talk at length about every game because to be quite honest you don't want to hear it no one wants to hear that but we'll categorize these into two sections of beats. We've got (laughs) pre-PS5 and post-PS5. So what happened this, not last week, but the week before, when the PS5 came out, I took off Thursday, Friday. It was coming out Thursday. I thought I'll take off Thursday, Friday, have a nice long weekend to just go hard on PlayStation 5, play with my new toy, enjoy the new console, and just enjoy not working. Turns out that I was one of the unlucky people that for some reason had their shipping order delayed by a day. So my PS5 didn't come in until basically when I would stop working on Friday. So the extra time I took off was a complete waste, (laughs) But, But which hurt. But I had to kill that time somehow. And so I was trying to figure out what I wanted to play, and I really didn't want to play anything that I would feel committed to that would take any length of time that I, that I felt attached to. Cause the second the PS five came, I was going to drop whatever I was playing, like a ton of bricks. And the way that my living room is set up, we have like the big, nice, beautiful TV. And then we have a smaller TV next to it that has some of the older systems hooked up to it. And that smaller TV also has the steam link hooked up to it. And so I was just scrolling through my steam library, literally looking at the types of games that I bought for two, $3, maybe got them in a humble bundle for the, seven years mm-hmm. ago the stuff that has sat around forever that you never expect you're going to play and i started playing those puppies i started working wow. through them while i had the time and so wow. i talked about this on the show last time I, I was talking about a story about my uncle which is which is a video game it's about <laughs> grappling hooks and all kinds of weird stuff yeah. uh, pretty cool game i was able to get through that one not too long three four hours highly recommend that game very cool really okay but, highly I would say highly. It's it's short okay. and sweet, short right. and sweet. Okay. So then I was scrolling with the list and I popped in "Rollers of the Realm," which
0: I picture roller skates. I picture, I picture a skating rink when I hear
1: "Rollers of the Realm." I don't know if you could be farther off from Damn. what this game is. This Damn. is a pinball game c- crossed with an RPG. So it's it's medieval settings and you have a party of characters represented by different. Uh, pinballs and they all have their own special abilities and they even have like equipment and stats and stuff that affect the damage they do when you knock them into enemies on the board and it has like a legit rpg story like there's it's got a 3x structure all kinds of stuff it's pretty cool it has tables where you're fighting enemies it also has some tables where you're just trying to progress through the table they're like puzzle boards basically and i was surprised at this i I I am a sucker. I am a I have a soft spot for pinball games. Uh, any pinball game doing something kind of weird, <laughs> and this certainly falls into that. But uh, yeah, if you are looking for some RPG pinball, which no one has ever been looking for, you can have it now.
0: It's pretty cool. There now, there is sort of an RPG pinball game for the NES. Did you know that?
1: Uh, I know the name Pinball Quest, and I'm assuming that's it. Yeah, it is awful and difficult and awful and hard and frustrating. Yes. <laughs> but this sounds better than that, which is good. It, it, it was pretty good. I, I believe Rollers of the Realm also published by Atlas. Oh, same storytelling mm. technique, the old Atlas flavor? Mm, a little bit. It You would never in a million years in looking at this game ever know that it was published by Atlas. Ah never so okay maybe this was you know kind of in between persona four and five when they were trying to just (laughs) kind of feel out what they could do must have been but i played through one that that took me by surprise it's called beat buddy tales of the guardians and this is a rhythm focused basically echo the dolphin clone so if you imagine the game the underwater gameplay of Echo the Dolphin on Sega Genesis yeah and then you combine that with like needing to do actions on the beat sort of like Crypt of the Necro Dancer it that's basically what it is it's got some really really pretty art it's got a couple of guest composers Austin Wintery of Journey fame wow does, does a track for this game that's... which doesn't sound anything like an Austin Wintery track it's it's much more like electronic Poppy type of song, but it's it's got some some club behind it, and it was actually pretty cool. I, I would recommend it. I couldn't tell you who developed it. I don't know when it came out because it has literally sat on my Steam library forever.
0: But right. it, it was fun. When I saw Beat Buddy Tales of the Guardians, I thought it was going to be like a Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy type of game. I didn't know what I was expecting. Obviously,
1: not what you said though. <laughs> <laughs> It, uh, I don't, maybe this was a more popular game than I realized, but it wasn't one that I really had any context for other I've than heard I, of it. I obviously got it in a humble bundle at some point. Very cool. And then the last one I played in the Steam Link Journey was Marble Skies, which is basically just, uh, Marble Madness or Marble Blast Ultra, but slightly more modern it's one of those physics marble style games where you're just kind of navigating around a board monkey ball style trying to get to the end i think it's an early access maybe it has been for a long time and it will never come out but it seemed like a basically complete game it had a a beginner intermediate and advanced course i made it all the way through oh good it seemed to be beaten slash beatable so i put it on here but but yeah i made it through Five Steam games in the day and a half that I had to kill just Jeez. waiting for the old PS five to ship. It was it was it was hard, but I was brave.
0: <laughs> it's it's a beat murder is what it is. And that Marble Skies game <laughs> may be relevant to a future topic of discussion we have in the pipe here, but yep. uh that's that's a good group of games. I, I will say I like that because I've not heard of any of these. And I think that's interesting. I like it when you. I. It's always fun when you bring something that I've not heard of, and you sell. You end up selling me on something. Usually, none of these. Maybe a story about my uncle is still interesting. Of all of these, I. I think it's interesting that you are. You're able to find these games.
1: So very good on you, man, for diving in, giving some of those humble bundles a little bit of love. They need it. It. It feels good. You know. I don't know if you get this, but there's a satisfaction to plucking a game out of my backlog that has sat there for seven Mm. years especially some of these steam games where i'm gonna be honest they were probably so cheap that i barely thought about them when i bought them yeah like i spent a dollar fifty on it because it seemed cool from the one screenshot it went into the list of games i need to beat someday and then i it just sat there for seven years and it's like finally you can blow the dust off that one and and put it away feels good yeah man i'm
0: i'm proud of you and i'm sure the humble folks are very excited you did that, as long as as well as the thousands or hundreds of thousands of other people that do that on a regular basis, which is buy a Humble Bundle and not know what the fuck they bought just because it looked like a good deal to pay a $1 dollar for a hundred things. So good for you and everyone else. Uh, I, I have no idea how to even access the things I've bought on Humble Bundle. That's where I'm at in this journey of Humble Bundleness. It's out there somewhere. I can claim it. I just got to figure out where. Uh, So a game that I beat, which I I talked about, this was pre-Steve. This was pre-Steve business. I was playing this game called Chili con Carnage, which is the French way of of saying uh, Chili con Carnage, which is the Spanish way of saying Chili with Carnage. (laughs) 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 Um, It is a PSP game, and it is actually a sequel, maybe a remake. It's kind of disputed there if you read the Wikipedia, as I do for most things, of Total Overdose which came out on the PS2 and Xbox. And mm. it's a pretty fun game. It's a third-person shooter. You are in this one specifically. I think the I think the PS2 Xbox one's a little more open world, but this one on the PSP is very linear. It's very funny. It's it really turns up the the um the South American atmosphere, so everything yeah. is is turned to 11. And the story is is really goofy. And I I think I talked about it when I when I brought it up originally on that episode, but it's like there's a villain who like killed your your dog or something, and you're I mean, which sounds bad. That's bad. Let's all be sad about that. But um, the circumstances are just really goofy. Everything's really dumb. So anyway, I've been playing that for a long time, and I'd gotten hung up as I do. Sometimes I'll just get hung up, like I did with Vandal Hearts, like I've done with every <laughs> game ever, and I'll just step away from it for months, and I'm like, ugh. I can't even look at you right now. I get so <laughs> upset with the thing that's, that's you know, it just seems like it's too much to tackle. And then I finally decided, hey, you know, if I'm going to get a beat for this episode, this is going to be it. Because I'm not close on anything else. I just polished off Dark Cloud 2, and I just beat some other big ones. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't close on anything else. So I was like, if I'm going to be relevant on this podcast, I got I to gotta wax off this, this chili con carnage,
1: as I said. Is it something you'd recommend? I mean, you, you you played it and you finished it because you got the beat sweats, but I'm yeah. wondering if it stands on its own as a game.
0: Well, I think I think it's going to depend on what your sensibilities are because if you enjoy a game that's kind of funny, it's kind of, I love it because, and I should have brought it up in an episode that we had before about time mechanics because that's the whole point of the game. Whenever you jump in the air, if you jump to attack, it slows time and so it gives you bullet time. Every time you jump, so mm-hmm. the whole the whole mechanic of the game is to jump and shoot, cool as fuck. You're always flying through the air, like Neo <laughs> style from um, the Matrix, shooting and doing cool stuff, flipping off walls and shooting, doing your quick your flips and doing all that stuff. And so in that way, it's really really fun. Uh, mm-hmm. But it being a PSP game and being a game that obviously not highly lauded, it's not going to be a classic anywhere. Uh, I don't even know who made it or published it. It's a little rough around the edges. There are some things that will quote-unquote pee you off. And so that's oh, what I'm getting to with this one is that I I want to hear if you have, I'm sure you have some examples of, maybe not on top of your head, but I'm sure you've experienced this where you've played a game that's sort of ho-hum all the way through and you've maybe mildly enjoyed it. But the boss battle at the end ramps it up to a point where it gets personal. In that it's it's so tough, and you're like, all right, I've come this far. I have to fucking, I have to do it. And this game had that, where I was kind of cruising along at a pretty steady altitude. Then the boss came, and it was one of the hardest things I've ever seen. Like, when I saw, like, what it was going to make me do, I was like, no. No, there's <laughs> there's got to be something. Like, there's going to be, like, a cutscene or something that's going to, like, fix this. Because this can't happen. And then I looked it up online, and they were like... This, like, the walkthrough was, like, in all caps, like, this part really sucks. Good luck. Good job making it here. You're fucked. Just shoot a lot and run and pray and just keep trying. (laughs) So that's what I had to do. It took me several hours of this, like, one little probably six, seven-minute sequence. It took me a lot, a lot of time. And I felt like I got lucky. I thought I died. I thought that I died. And then it actually kind of the screen went black for a second and I was ready for it to go to the loading screen and set me back up. It actually cut to a cut scene of the boss <laughs> t- dying at the end and I was like, oh my God, I've done it. <laughs> so it was a very memorable beat, uh, all things considered. It's, it's, a, it's a top 20 beat in terms of like memory or memorable uh, moments. But uh, yeah, I think it's pretty fun. I mean, it's on the PSP. It's kind of goofy,
1: but it's tough at the end. That seems like the type of game that I would definitely be interested in picking up and checking out it's funny you say that about last bosses the game that i always think of which you're gonna hate me for saying is the last boss of dark cloud because he's got this attack that you just can't avoid like you just have to tank it which is so so weird and out of step with everything else the game has done no i agree with uh, you but that's not to say Dark Cloud isn't perfect, which it is. It's, it's, <laughs> that's just right. It out. Dark Cloud 2, perfecter
0: somehow. It's, it's amazing how much more perfect you can get. Yeah, you're right. Beautiful.
1: <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that chili cone intermission because we're going right back into the beat going. <laughs> chili cone <sighs> intermission. All right. That's going to be the yeah. end of the podcast. So the PlayStation 5 comes. I'm excited. I hook it up. At this point, it was right at the end of the workday. I let the The lady finish her her work so that she could come down and we could press that PS button together Mm. and see that first boot up screen. Mm. New console launch, you cannot beat it. So good. I love to hear it. First thing I have to do, because this is what they want you to do, is play Astro's Playroom. This is installed on all the PS fives. It's it's essentially the pack in game. Okay. And it doubles as a demonstration of what the new DualSense controller can do. And I was not expecting to be as into or as impressed with the DualSense controller as I am, but this thing is pretty wild. So it has like haptic feedback and it has adaptable triggers, which means that they can get really specific rumble and they can add different resistance to the triggers depending on the action that you're doing to make things easier or harder. So like a really obvious example would be um, if you're pulling a bow back in a game, Mm. they can make it so the further down you press the trigger, the harder it is to press down because the tension of the bow is getting stronger.
0: And it gives you that resistance. Like your finger can't press it all the way in because of the resistance.
1: Yeah, exactly. You can, you can really feel the resistance and it starts right away in Astros. They give you a demonstration, which is uh, they, they treat, the controller is essentially a rocket with two thrusters coming out of the bottom. So you push down on the triggers and they give you a good amount of resistance that you have to push through. And then about halfway through you hit the like igniter for those thrusters and the tension drops and you can press it the rest of the way at the same time that the thrusters on the rocket on screen turn on. And then the rumble of the, the rocket kicks in and it's got unique rumble on either side, depending on whether or not you just hit that one thruster. It was it was one of those things where you stop and hand the controller immediately over. I handed it right to Leah and I was like, "You gotta try this. This is wild. This is that's so cool. cool. Nice. I love that." Which it's a feeling I haven't had in a game like a new console launch in a while. The last time right. I think that it was like that was three DS, right? Where it's just you, you, gotta check this out. That right. type of thing.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, like in most uh, in terms of like hands-on experiences, there's not been a whole lot of pass this around, check this <laughs> shit out. You know, for a few years
1: at least. Yeah, it, it was it was a ton of fun. And then the game mechanically does a bunch of other stuff with, you know, the microphone, the touchpad, all kinds of things to basically take advantage of all the features of the the DualSense as you play along. It's, it's essentially a crafted tech demo for what the controller is capable of. But, oh my gosh, it is so much more than that. I would happily have paid full price for this game. So, this is the most self-referential that I think sony and playstation will ever be in their entire life (laughs) first of all the game takes place inside of a ps5 like the main hub you look up and you're looking at the ps5 from the inside Hmm. the different levels are themed around the different components of a ps5 so you go to like gpu jungle and ssd speedway and there's a level, I forget the name of it, but there's a level for the fan that's inside the PS5. <laughs> so these four hub worlds are around like the, the technology they want to flex on. Yeah. In sure. The different internals of the console. <laughs> and, and then in the individual levels, it is absolutely jammed full of references to every Sony like game, every major PlayStation title you've ever played. It's just like 100% references nonstop. You'll come across like. Uh, these recreations of scenes of different games, and basically, if you name any first-party Sony game, it, it was in there. And wow. there's all kinds of like different illusions and things. It's just, oh, it's so clever. It's so creative. That's cool. And it, it's just so. It's it's a feel good game. It's it's super colorful, super bright. The music is real catchy. It's just ah, oh, I. I cannot speak highly enough of Astros Playroom. I think probably the best pack in game since uh I was gonna say since Mario sixty four, but that wasn't a pack in. It's the best packing game in a long time. <laughs> since Sonic
0: two. Maybe. Who knows? You wanna go back but... that far? Twenty eight years, you think? I don't know. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean well, we I would say it is it does the same thing for the PS five as uh Wii Sports did for the Wii. Oh that's it's, fair. It's good in that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's if it's going to, inter, you know, a, a lot of uh, hardware needs some good tutorial introduction like that, and while that probably, you know, the PS5 doesn't really need that per se, it's probably good for, like you kind of said, flexing the innards, you know, you're taking people through what makes the PS5 stand apart from the PS4, what a better way to
1: do it than send a little character through the inside of it? Seems like a fun idea. Exactly. And I don't want to give away the last boss, but, Anyone that has been following like sony tech demos press conferences like the last bosses it it was so cool it, it was it was a big dumb smile moment for 2020 for sure nice so we got the platinum on that so
0: you got that p s five going what else are you cooking on on that new piece of hardware?
1: Well, I had to play the hottest p s five game, which is bug snacks oh. So this is the PS Plus game, the first PS Plus game for PS Five, and it is, gosh, it's hard to describe what Bud Snacks is. I wish you would because I keep hearing about it
0: and I keep getting hungry, and I don't want to be eating bugs. So, (laughs) okay,
1: so imagine Pokemon Snap, you know, like these like different environmental biomes with Pokemon wandering around, Uh and now all of the Pokemon are combinations of animals and food so you might run into a bopsicle, which is a popsicle that runs on all fours or a snoopy Mm. or a scoopy banoopy which is a ice cream sundae or maybe a sweetie fly which is a dragonfly made out of a little heart-shaped sucker etc etc
0: okay so they literally are bugs and snacks combined a hundred percent
1: yeah it's it's in the name and then to Somehow that's not the... what I expected.
0: I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been the first thing that came to my mind, but instead I was like, "That can't be right."
1: <laughs> nope, that's exactly what they are. <laughs> uh, except the the main difference from Pokemon Snap is that one, rather than trying to take pictures of these things, you're trying to actually catch them. But you have a like an assortment of tools to do it with. So you have a trap that will actually trap them. But then you have like a. Uh, A rolling ball that you can move around that will kind of, like, scare bug snacks out of small uh, gaps in rocks and stuff. You have this trip. It's like a toilet plunger tied to a chain, basically, that you can stick to two different trees or rocks, and then any bug snack that walks over it will trip and be available for you to catch. Um, You have a slingshot that can launch different sauces like chocolate mm. or hot sauce or ketchup which certain bug snacks are drawn to or repelled by Interesting. Uh, and it's just you trying to basically trap these different bug snacks the environments are kind of free roam but they're pretty self-contained areas uh, but you know there'll be little raspies little bug raspberries just crawling around on a beach mm. and you can you can kind of take a picture of them to see a little bit of information about them including where they roam and then you can try to set up a trap sometimes using your tools to basically trick them into getting caught. And the oh. reason you're trying to catch them is you're going back to this main hub and feeding them to these different people because they're basically drug addicts but for <laughs> bug snacks. Like there's a tone in this game that's a little wild. Like they talk about bug snacks in like the cartoony fun way that you'd expect, but then they also talk about it in like a I need my fix of bug snacks, I need you to get this for me type of way. Like like I would break into my neighbor's house to steal some bug snacks type of stuff. They have sores all over their face and they're doing that Dave
0: Chappelle gif where they're just scratching their neck like, hey man, you got any more of those bug snacks?
1: <laughs> Literally, yes, because when you eat a bug snack, it transforms part of your body to look like that bug snack. So if you eat a strabby, it might transform your hand into a strawberry, right? Interesting. And so... As you play through the game and feed them more, like they start to turn into these horrible snack mutants. It's a lot of fun to like find and collect these bug snacks, but then the story also has like a surprisingly serious, sometimes kind of like weirdly sinister tone. It's a it's a wild game that's doing a lot of different things. it's
0: <laughs> has like a PSA. It's like if you or anyone you know is addicted to pretty much anything please call this number
1: it's <laughs> quite literally yeah <laughs> i was already excited for this game but um, the stuff that i didn't know about it i was even more pleased by so very cool very very cool game very fun and then the last game that i've played on ps5 which i won't go too hard into is the remake of demon souls yeah that's surprising you beat that already. That's, that's a girthy one, right? It is. I is. I've played it before, so I'm somewhat familiar. It's been a long time, so a lot of these areas were basically fresh to me. It was essentially like a new Souls game, but... There was especially a couple of boss fights that I remember. I'm going hard on that PS5. I got a new toy, you, and I plan on playing with it. Goddamn right you do. Good job. Well, speaking of new
0: toys, though, you, you've been playing around on an old toy. I, I popped into your dis- or your uh, your Twitch stream the other night, and I was like, ha, 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 look at this this young, naive boy playing these old NES titles, of which I am, the, I am the resident expert of. I have the Nest Friend YouTube channel. Clearly, I am. Oh, my God, he's beaten it. He has beaten Ninja Gaiden. I did not think he could do it, so... <laughs> So yeah, so you've you've been on a bit of a ninja Gaiden kick there, Gaiden, 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 and uh, how's that been going? It's been
1: good. I was trying to settle on what to stream, and you know, I've been watching some friend of the show, Hungry Gur- Hungry Gurria. She's always playing yeah. those old retro games, especially when she was playing through Zilia, and I was like, oh, I appreciate the like the meticulous way that someone like learns and maps out how to beat these old. NES games. Uh, I wanted to play something that I would have to like really learn the ins and outs of in order to get through it. And so I popped in Ninja Gaiden because I thought, you basically have to memorize it. You either are speedrunning it or you're not beating it. There's no middle ground between the two. It took about three, maybe four streams to get through the first one, but we got through that puppy. Damn. It's a weird game because there's six chapters, or six acts. First four are basically fine they're not any harder than the first four levels of like Contra or something but then you get into five and especially into act six and the difficulty shoots way up i would start a run i would in the first 20 minutes of my stream get up to world six and then i would spend the the last three hours just Mm. burning through world six dying trying to like find the one exact strategy to get through and then you get to the the last boss fight And if you die, I don't know if it's a bug or if it's intended, but it sends you way farther back into the beginning of Act 6 than any other fight does in the game. Rather than start you at the beginning of the stage, it sends you like two and a half stages back to a random checkpoint in the middle of the first stage of Act 6. And so you have to play through the hardest level the hardest two levels over again just to ugh. get one more chance to to beat the boss
0: that's that's punking you that's ah it, it, uh,
1: it is infuriating
0: remind me does ninja ninja gaiden 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 does it have a, like infinite continues like if you you know are you are you basically just hitting checkpoints and restarting ad nauseum or do you got three or four lives
1: you got to nail it or you got to play the whole game over so it has infinite continues you can die you know two or three times however many lives you have and then when you die your continue will start you back at the start of the stage that you're on so if you're on six dash two you'll go back to the start of six dash two as you play through that if you die you'll start at the beginning of that screen essentially Mm -hmm. but i'll you know i'd spend 40 minutes fighting through six two which is the hardest stage basically of any NES game I've played. Then spend another 20, 30 minutes getting through 6-3. And if I get game overs during those, I start back at the beginning of 6-2 or 6-3 to, until you get to the boss. Right. Die and once and then you're back in 6-1. 6-1. Gotcha.
0: Okay, I got you. So that's that sucks. You're saying that's those section of levels and, and I, I see you as someone who's, you're a big beater, you're a big time beater boy. You've played some tough games in your day and you're about to describe the sequel to this game still. From Ninja Gaiden One, Gaiden Gaiden, uh, those are the toughest levels.
1: I I think Act Six of the first one is is the toughest by huh. far. Okay, uh, interesting, very interesting. Granted, I had some experience from playing the first one when I started up the second one, but it took me about half as long to be able to get through Ninja Gaiden Two as it did to get through the first one. Part of that is that it doesn't have that really harsh, like broken checkpointing thing in the last boss um it does still send you back further than you'd expect but it's just at the start of that stage that you're on and then part of that is in the last the the gauntlet of last boss fights as soon as you beat one of the forms, you have beaten that permanently until you reset the console so you can chip away at it a little bit more than you can the other ones plus they just added a couple more movement tools they've given you some new things to play around with and i think maybe took a little bit of mercy on you Mm because it's not not quite as bad overall, but both of them were super fun, and I I really enjoyed going through them. Sadly, I don't own three, so I can't wrap up the trilogy. And three is a spendy boy, so.
0: Yeah, it's a spendy boy. I have a good story about how I got that one, but I want to you know pause right here and say, you know, as someone who realizes those, game, those games are very difficult, hats off, man. That's that's incredible. It's one thing to beat them too, but you also did this in front of you know you did this on a Twitch stream. Uh, pe- people out there right now, they're they're speed running and and killing it and doing all these cool things. I always think it's impressive when people beat these games alone or on Twitch or whatever. So hats off to you for that, because those are those are not easy. And I I tend to be the type of person to get flustered. So uh, good on you for sticking through and beating those. And I will say about the third one, I was at a uh, it was actually funny. Uh, Jake and I uh, we worked together and many years ago, about five years ago, we went on a work trip and we. We, w- we work at night. We're lighting scientists. And during the day, we would have time to go to, like, random bookstores and game stores we would find. And then this one random old bookstore, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but they had, like, nine Nintendo games there. And they had—this uh, was only, like, five years ago. Uh, they had a, a Ninja Gaiden 3 there for uh, $10. And it, at the time, it was going for about 50 and I jumped all over that. I said, hell yeah, let me, let me have mm. that one right there out of that case. I pointed out, I said, lady, 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 that one, <laughs> that one. And uh, rang it up right there, to, you know, gave me the old tin. And I'm wondering why they screwed that up. Maybe they thought it was one of the first two or something, didn't look into it. Maybe they didn't care because it's a bookstore. But uh felt like I made it, made a way pretty good there. But I have heard that the third one is really, I don't know if it has Infinite Continues. I've heard that that's oh. a thing. I've heard it's tougher for some reason. I could be completely wrong about that. I've just heard, I've heard tale that people have had an extra struggle with that third one for some reason or another. So
1: be, uh, be warned. Yeah, they didn't go into any specificity, but someone did in the chat on the stream say that the Famicom version of three is the preferred version. And I want to say it's due to checkpointing or enemy placement or maybe continues. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they did the thing like a Contra hardcore where they just took out some of the niceties that the Japanese version had to make the US version harder and less beatable on a rental
0: right on yeah that makes sense alright well, we'll uh, hats off to you there very good job and let's jump into what everyone else has been beating on everyone else has been busy you're not the only one out there beating great games man you selfish asshole there's other people out there <laughs> beating games like for instance uh, so we have some polykillers here of course we're going to jump into that So, on the old poly killer list here, we have we have a couple guys that separated themselves from everyone else, and those guys, I will say, I will say, it's 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 worth noting here, Steve, that our boy, the corpse flood, is back. He's back.
1: He's out of retirement. He he made a comeback tweet. He even called us out. He says, "Hey, I'm here. I'm yeah. back. I emerged from my coffin or wherever it was I was slumbering," <laughs> and then. Uh, Corpse Flood, buddy, I'm proud of you. You beat a lot of games, but I don't know that we're going to read your name here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to call you out because you're amazing and you're a huge supporter of the show and we love you so much, but you got beat by your buddies. You know, your buddy, one of your buddies, the game grinder, Church. Hey, he's not the polykiller, but he's, he's close. He beat some games with long titles, at least. He beat 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. What does that even mean? He beat that. He beat Blazing Chrome. He beat Streets of Rage and Streets of Rage 2. Hold it. Ah, what's that? Oh, Streets of Rage 3 as well. All three of those classic Genesis titles. He beat Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, and in parentheses, Bloodless. Whatever that means. And he also beat the Dark Pictures Anthology, Little Hope. Good job, Church. Good good collection of beats there. I like I like that theme. It seems like it's very, uh, very bloody, dark, ragey. Group of games, and that's that's me in a in a nutshell, right there. At least my interest uh, in a nutshell. I'm just flabby and full of beer, but those are my interests that you that I mentioned there. So very good job there, Church.
1: Well done. And I know you know Game Grinder and uh, and Corpse Flood. They have a podcast together. Game that's exactly. pretty yeah. good. Very good. Do you think yep. that's a tense recording session? <laughs> you know, they go back, they sit down to record, and uh, guess who's polykiller motherfucker? Game Grinders like ugh. Church is like you know. I'm, I'm sorry that I had to take you down like that. <laughs> it's just uh, it's just how it had to be.
0: It's how it had to be there, friend. I yeah. know. I hope so.
1: Well well done. Well done, Church. Good stuff. But we've got a poly killer here. It's no stranger to the show. It is our buddy Round 2 Gaming comes in with 8 beats if I can count quickly. I think I can. <laughs> comes in with Ghost of Tsushima, Banjo-Kazooie, Cartridge Club Game of the Month, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Call of Duty Ghosts, Spiritfarer, Katana Zero, Carrion, and he done Drop that made a skur. made a skur. made a skur. <laughs>
0: it's pretty scary there, Dean. So yeah, good job there, Dean. And uh, yeah, well good, good shout out there for Banjo-Kazooie and the Cartridge Club Game of the Month, which Dean at round2, oh, round underscore two underscore gaming proudly represents. So, good job there. So, those were the polykillers. Of course, <laughs> everyone sent in a bunch of tweets. We want to thank everyone for doing that. We have some to read out here. I'll go first. Caleb, at Caleb J. Ross. My very first at Amazon Luna. That's Caleb guy. He'll beat a game on whatever he finds. Yeah,
1: whatever He's he He's got find. a game
0: on it. He'll find the walking simulator and he'll beat it. Uh, he beat Yoku's island express he says yoku's island express was such an incredible surprise i had no idea what to expect i certainly didn't expect to get my face charmed off who would have thought a game described as metroidvania plus pinball would be so amazing so there you go a game on the amazon luna yoku's island express
1: not bad continuing with the string of new console beats these are the first beats to ever appear on these consoles i think we got three of those this time oh yeah we've got our friend musty hobbit it's official my very first just beat it on new hardware bright memory looks to be the first chapter slash prologue of bright memory infinite which will be coming next year cool first person shooter mechanics plus melee lots of particle effects looks great on the series x i don't know what a lot of that means but congrats on the Series X beat. And I do love a good particle effect as a way to flex your new hardware.
0: I was going to mention that. Anytime that there's uh, some, it's, it's like there's no room on earth that has that much fucking dust floating in it. But oh. every game will just be full of it and be like, look what we can do. We can make a room so goddamn dusty you can barely see in it. Like, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, up next, top spot. big fan of the show. Top spot at top spot 123 uh, he says he just beat their uh, Banjo Kazooie on rare replay. Not a big fan of the quiz before the false ending, and the Grutilda fight is a little too tough relative to, relative to the rest of the game. Otherwise, a very enjoyable collectathon that I'd still gladly recommend to others. So good job there. You know what, Blink? I'm going to admit to you, and I know you're a big fan of the collectathons, and I know you're mm-hmm. a big Banjo boy. I, I have not completed a Banjo game. I have dabbled (sighs) quite lengthily in each. I think I've always reached a point where I'm like, where do I find more shit to get? Uh, I've just gotten stuck. So one of those things where Trav gets
1: stuck and just leaves it and pretends it never happened. So I'll just need to go back and finish. I mean, this would have been the month to have done it, but... uh, I know. I'll I'll make a counter-argument for you. And uh, people can't see it. If you want to see it, you can go check out Top Spot on Twitter. But uh, he did include a screenshot of a hippo on a jet ski. So pretty compelling argument to play banjo kazooie i think yeah i'm just seeing
0: that now and i agree with you i think i'm firing that up right after we record
1: there we go (laughs) all right we have a new face to the uh to the podcast we have lauren at gizmo's game room recently finished child of light this turn-based rpg slash platformer combines a beautiful watercolor art design with a dynamic storyline and a terrific soundtrack this game sparked my newfound love of indie games hashtag just beat it now lauren if you've got a newfound love of indie games, <laughs> there's a podcast. Yeah, I've heard of it. It's called, called IndieQuest. And by golly, I think you're going to like it. Check out IndieQuest.
0: <laughs> That's right. I, You know, we're, we're a small enough podcast here, Steve. I, When I see a new person hit us up in the hashtag just beat it section, I'm like, is this one of Steve's people? So you don't know who Lauren is. No, I do. <laughs> you do. Ha! Well, Lauren. Sorry, you know Steve, but yeah, IndieQuest, Quest will satiate this, this indiness that you desire. Also, PolyKill's good too. Stay here. Uh, up next, Frankie at Viper Strike with a lot of Y's in it. Frankie says, "13 remastered," and that's the one with all of the Roman numerals. Uh, this one is hard to recommend. Lots of annoying bugs and glitches. The departure from the comic-style graphics of the original really hurts the whole experience, in my opinion pretty simple chivo trophy list which he lists as a positive there but yeah i've heard a lot of gripes about this thing and i think it's i think it's weird that there is a remaster because i didn't
1: i I don't have my ear to the ground there steve but i didn't hear anybody clamoring for it there's no reason that they would remaster this over chili cone carnage for example right (laughs) like you'd speak of them in the same breath and what really blows my mind about this is Apparently, they dropped the like comic panel comic style graphics, which, as far as I know, was the only thing the original had going for it. It was like, you know, that generic shooter that has some comic (laughs) panel (laughs) storyline every now and again. Like, without that, oh my god, it's so wild. But uh, I'm sorry, uh, sorry, Frankie, that it was not as fun as it could
0: have been. It's like, we're going to remake Collectathon Blanjo Kazooie, but uh, I've heard people don't like collecting shit, so we've taken that part out. And the game is just you wandering around, aimlessly, doing nothing. Except maybe (laughs) following hippos around on jet skis, which maybe it's still a fun game. I don't know. That's a good point. Uh, Up next, Corpse Flood. Oh, there he is. (laughs) At least he beat something. Am I right? Good God. He beat Spider-Man Miles Morales. Or if you're in Canada, that's Kilometers (laughs) Morales. That's been beaten to death, but I had to do it. Uh, What a great compliment to the first game and excellent way to continue the story kept what was great about the last one, and streamlined the more annoying parts. And Miles's extra powers are so
1: fun. Can't wait for more. All right. It's good to hear. Yeah, good stuff. I haven't played that one yet. I do have it, but I want to play the remaster first, and there's been some rumors that it's been bricking consoles, and I'm not going to put my, my precious oh. new baby at risk. I wouldn't but... do it either. Yeah. We've got one last one here from Church, the game Grinder. Just beat it. 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, best yet from Vanillaware, and one of my faves this year. With their signature art is an impressively deep and unique story with all sorts of crazy twists and turns, gameplay included. Great characters, acting, and music. Loved it. Very cool. I actually just started the first... Thirty forty five minutes of this one right before recording this uh, this year podcast, so oh, yeah. probably talk about it next time. It's it's vanillaware and it is gorgeous as you'd expect. They just they know something about two D art that others don't. They they are next level.
0: That's weird because two D art has been around for a long time, but also I've heard that this game has been
1: recommended for its narrative. Yeah, I, it starts pretty strong i mean it's it's one of those games 13 sentinels i think there are 13 characters that you follow their intersecting storylines which i personally am a massive sucker for i love anytime you control different characters and like see how their storylines impact each other okay. but first 45 minutes are good and i will report back with more but you don't need to wait for me Game Grinder's already telling you it's good. Just go play it now. <laughs> there
0: you go. And he's, he's got a good good feeling for games. So so listen to church there. Uh, all right. Well, Steve, that's been, you know, oh, first of all, I want to thank all the Polykillers there, all the big beaters there. Again, if you have a game, you just beat it, take a screenshot, hashtag it, just beat it, at put at Polykill on there so we get it. Put it there on Twitter. Give us a little review there. You might get it read out here on the show. If you beat a lot of games, you could be a Polykiller, which amounts to basically us talking about you a little bit more, but uh, it's all fun. So pre- please do it. We appreciate it. We love hearing from you. Steve, <laughs> it's time <laughs> for you to plop that sweet booty down in the old hot seat. Are you ready? Uh, all right.
1: I-, I can do it. I'm prepared.
0: All right. So here's, now this one's going to be, this is going to be tough. It's going to be a big squirmy one. And I anticipate editing out many of your awkward ums and ahs. Uh, so uh, we got Thanksgiving coming up here. Big old turkey day. All right. Whatever. All right. And so I know that, uh, because it's COVID or you and I aren't risking going out anywhere. We're not going to Disney world for fuck's sake. We are (laughs) sitting at home and, uh, we're probably not seeing a whole lot of family. We're just going to eat our, uh, our banquet meal, uh, turkey and, 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 and gravy there by ourselves, sadly, uh, while we wish we had different lives, at least that's what i'm doing i don't want to put that off on you so i was thinking you know wouldn't it be neat if you could have some folks over but let's say there were folks from video games what if they were coming over what if it was a thanksgiving potluck and they were all bringing their own dish okay so i have five video game characters here they're each bringing their own dish to your thanksgiving potluck you got to tell me what did they bring all right you ready? oh
1: my let's do this all right
0: so Knock, 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 knock at the door. All right. Hey, how's it going? Ridley is at the door. She's got a big old thing there of a uh, big old casserole dish covered with aluminum foil there. What's
1: what's in there? What's she got for you today? What's going on? Oh, gosh. You know, I'm going to say it is a Metroid that has been cracked open like mm-hmm. a baked potato oh, wow. and stuffed with some kind of pulsing green mushroomy type of dish that I can't quite identify. Interesting. And I think I'm going to eat that. Don't you want to know what a Metroid tastes like? I do. I kind
0: of do. I imagine it's very eggy. I also thought that Ridley might just show up with just a bowl of teeth for some reason. (laughs) But you're saying that she at least put something. I'm thinking Ridley's a she. I don't even know if that's true. She put Mm. something in the oven is what you're saying. She actually went to the store and got ingredients, which I think is fine. That's cute.
1: Yeah, I mean it's wrapped in tinfoil, so I, it'd be it'd be way weirder to amass a bowl of teeth and then take the time to cover it in tinfoil. <laughs> All
0: right, knock knock knock, who is it? Let's see, let's open up the door. Oh, I see something. I see a giant beard. He steps on in. Oh, oh, hey, 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 it's Kratos.
1: What's what's Kratos brought? Uh, I imagine he just holds up a dead rabbit that he just <laughs> shot. And I kind of like recoil away a little bit. I'm like, oh, do you need me to put that in the oven? And he gives me a real terse, you need to cook it. And I'm like, oh, and, and he makes me feel bad. And I just have to eat the raw meat.
0: That's right. He's got one rabbit here hanging out of his mouth already that he ate on the way over. He's like, you want to cook it? <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's a classic Kratos. He's not even wearing yeah. a shirt to this party. And you said shirts were required. God, That's true. what a jerk. All right, the weird pelvis-faced god from the Katamari game shows up. <laughs> <laughs> What's he got? What's he bringing to the table?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. Cosmos. Nice to see you. Um, in the theme of Katamari, it's got to be one of those, like, uh, jello dishes that have fruit or like random things just kind of floating inside the jello yeah. but he's he's fashioned it into some kind of sphere on a stick so it's a, <laughs> it's a it's jello on a stick with a bunch of just miscellaneous like micro machines <laughs> and marbles and thumbtacks and all kinds of stuff floating on the inside
0: that's right whenever you take a bite he looks over and he says you're going to want to be careful with that which is how you know it's not a very good dish uh all right knock 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 who's going to be You open up the door. Oh my god, it's the pyramid head from the Silent Hill game. Oh my god, what the hell? I didn't even know that guy would be invited. Who sent an invite? What in the hell does he have? (laughs) Gosh. He's just standing there. He's holding out the day. He's like, please take this. I I need to come inside.
1: I'm going to actually go on record saying he does not have food. He just holds out that big sword <laughs> expecting that he gets to be the one to cut the turkey. And I'm like, I'm hosting. That is the one thing I have to look forward to. But what does he care? He's not concerned with my feelings. He's a, manifesta- a manifestation of my emotional trauma for what it's worth.
0: You could hear him like echoing underneath that metal pyramid. He's like, please, please, le- please, le- let-, please let, let me cut your, your turkey. turkey. He's just really sad all of a sudden. Kind of adorable. Okay, here's the last knock at the door. Of course,
1: 20 minutes late. Who else? Wario. Probably just 300 cloves of garlic. (laughs) That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe he roasted them in the oven ahead of time, and he's like, you know, actually, you cook them in the oven. They make a great uh, appetizer. You can pop them in your mouth like a piece of popcorn. That's right.
0: We, We can all make out later, he says as he yep. hands you 300 cloves of garlic yes
1: unpeeled cloves of garlic
0: <laughs> you have to eat the peel too he screams into your face <laughs> yes oh, very good that sounds like it's going to be a pretty fun party i got to be honest with you i hope you have good security i don't trust any of them but um but yeah good on you good on you you know covid some people these folks don't have a lot of people to love and it's good on you hopefully they all wear masks uh, I don't know if you can find one big enough for Ridley, but we'll see. So let's go into the collector's corner. I uh, it got to be real quick. This this episode's going long and girthy, but hey, it's Thanksgiving. What else are you doing? Yeah, we're giving you a podcast feast. <laughs> that's that's right. <laughs> Which is also the name of the podcast. I need to figure out a way to get Chili Con Feast in into the title, but. I'm doing a dumb thing, Steve, and I need you to not talk me out of it or call me dumb. But here's what I'm doing: I'm bored. I'm a little bit bored now. I don't want to. Hey, listen, we're all suffering a little bit somehow. I'm not what? saying I'm. I'm not saying I'm completely. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Scrooge McDuck in it over here on a mountain of coins, looking for ways to spend things. But I haven't had a chance to collect this year. You know, that's the thing. I. That's my favorite thing in the world. Somehow more than the 18 podcasts that I do on a daily basis. Somehow more than my own family, and <laughs> not true, that's not true, but somehow, you know, collecting is just my, one of my favorite things, and I haven't had yep. a chance to go out searching. I have found a new sort of uh, obsessive motivator for that hobby, Ooh. which is, I have this app, the Retro Collector, it, it's, it's just called Retro Collector, I think, um, Retro Games Collector, but you can get the whole suite. So, you can get like every console. You pay a little bit of money. It's, it's, it's a little bit of money up front, but you get every access to every console library and you can use that to track your collection. And I use that. And I was scrolling through there. I noticed like the numbers that I have for each console. So, it'll say like you got, you know, you got such and such Game Boy Advance games, such and such Genesis games or whatever. And I was like, you know, wouldn't it be kind of cool if all of these numbers were <laughs> divisible by five? <laughs> Wouldn't that be reasonable, a reasonable thing for for to happen? And I don't know why. I, first of all, I don't know why I had that idea because I don't give a shit about numbers. I don't collect for numbers. I collect, you know, for consoles that aren't the NES, I just collect what I want. But for some yeah. reason, I was like, okay, they have to all end in, end in a, a five or a zero immediately. And mm. I I don't know why I did that. But I have been adhering to that one fever dream idea that I had. And so I've been trying to, and here's the tricky thing. I have to be careful what I ask for Christmas. But You know, I want this goal to be met at the end of the year. I want on the last day of the year, I want to take a screenshot of the Retro Collector app and be like, look how satisfying this is. Everything ends in a five or a zero. <laughs> and I want at least two to three people to go with a thumbs up or something, just some emoji to be like, cool. It's all I'm in this for. I'm going to gonna, gonna spend hundreds of dollars for that moment. So, this is this is the this is what I'm doing. So, so far, I have 90 Atari 2600 games. Good there, thank God. Don't want any more. I might even get rid of five, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I have seven Odyssey 2 games. So, I don't play my Odyssey 2 as no one ever has. But no. Nope. I had I was like, "All right, can I get some of this is exploratory? Like I'm kind of goading myself into at least trying to do this." I go online and I'm like, can I find a few Odyssey 2 games that are super cheap that maybe I can fill in here? I find a lot of nine. And I was like, okay, well, that doesn't do, that's not good math. I'll have to throw one away when it shows up. <laughs> but then I look, I don't have eight of them. One of them I already Ooh, have. That's Perfect. The
1: good stuff. Perfect.
0: Amazing. Threw money at it. Got it. It's in shipping. <laughs> it's going to be here Monday. Um, I have one ColecoVision Vision game. I don't have a Coleco. I'm gonna throw it in the woods, just to get that back down to zero. I don't want it. I don't want any more ColecoVision Vision games. But I, I, there are a few though that are going to be tough. I need. I have 31
1: Saturn games. Four Ooh. Saturn games. That's tough. That's like 80 bucks minimum, unless you're like missing like Madden '97 or something. You would never probably want to play. Exactly. Yeah. And a
0: few of these, I think, will be easy. I just need, like, one Dreamcast game, a couple GameCube games. I mean, that's no big deal. I can I can get that shit. But, like, four Saturn games, even if, like you're saying, like, even if you play it safe, you're still looking at a few, a few bucks. That's probably the big yeah. one. But I still need two Jaguar games and four 32X games. So those are going to be the big boys. But I don't know what compelled me to do this, but I'm finding it actually to be kind of fun. Because now when I'm looking at eBay lots, I'm having to do another extra layer of math. I'm like, okay, that is expensive, but also I'll have to sell one. <laughs> this is dumb so anyway that's where i'm at in life so sorry
1: that is amazing and i would never stop you from doing this this is (laughs) this is the best idea you've ever had
0: oh man that's well that's sad too um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so that's what's going on there uh, okay, so our we we're going to get to the to the nitty gritty here of the episode here. We 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 got this new we got new consoles coming out. At least you do, Steve. I am content mm-hmm. with waiting until the bitter end. I want a few more games to come out. I'm looking at maybe maybe holiday 2022. I'm I'm willing to wait that long, but you're getting your new hands on some controllers, and I'm a little jealous about that because I'm kind of a controller enthusiast. I guess yeah. I just I like getting my hands on the stuff. I just need to know. Have you played with an Xbox One Elite
1: controller? I have not. Okay. And I I haven't haven't played with the Series X controller either. I don't know what innovations they've done to the most recent round of Xbox controllers. I apologize to all the musties out there that
0: I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Like Musty, you're going you're not going to be represented here for your for your new stuff. Musty Hobbit, of course, being our friend, does Xbox or briefs He's a huge Xbox I'll say fanboy. He's in there, he knows it, but uh it's all good. I'm okay. Here okay, so here's my top 5 controllers. I'm going to start at number 5 here. But I just wanted to have that thing like I haven't played the newest and greatest Xbox thing, so it's not going to be represented. But <sighs> Okay, my number 5. You know what I like, Steve? I like that 6-button Sega Genesis controller. I think that's a sharp boy. Mm. I think it's really good. Now, you you tell me that you pointed to that 3-button Sega Genesis controller and I'll point you to the to a tree line you can throw it into. Mm-mm. No bueno. Give me that six button all day long. I think it's a huge step up, and it's it's up there.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is a good one. The, the three button one, and I say this as a, someone that grew up as a Sega Genesis child. The three button Genesis controller is the thing that I should be nostalgic about right now. But it, it's like a little too big. It's right? kind of like. it's 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 weird it's it's shaped a little like a metroid it's it's not as good (laughs) it's not as good as the six button and the six button reminds me a lot of the the saturn gamepad Yeah, which is also a good controller but i think the six button genesis beats it out it's a good one all right so for my number five i am not memeing on you i am not here to be controversial i'm not trying to just pick an answer that will get people to write into the show but I honestly believe that the fifth best controller is the Xbox Duke, the original Xbox what the Duke. What are you doing? I have always said that the Duke is infinitely better than the S. I love how freaking massive it is. It like oh. it like stretches the muscles in my hand in a nice comfy way. And I would forever choose the Duke over the the uh, the S.
0: I feel like I'm spreading open the ass of an elephant when I play with that thing. It's
1: too big. <laughs> It's the perfect size. It's like a Wii U gamepad with nothing on the screen. You northern people and your
0: big hands. Is that even a stereotype uh, I'm coming out here with? Jesus Christ. I actually was going to point to that and being like, at least it's not the Duke because my number four is the Xbox 360 controller, which I love because at least it's not the Duke. Where is the black and white button? You can't find that with your eyes closed. Ah, but I do love the 360 controller. I think it's... I think it's good. I I thought it was a well-made controller. I'll even compare it to the Xbox One controller, which I found to be, I won't say it's definitely not cheaper because I've broken one and had to replace it, but if the Xbox 360 controller felt more solid to me, I tend to grip a controller like, and I think I've made this reference before, but like, like I'm in the movie Cliffhanger and Sylvester Stallone's handed me a rope that's I'm grabbing that rope. That's how hard I'm clenching onto controller, always. And the Xbox One controller, as much as I like it, creaks a little bit. It feels like it could crush under the weight of my not so meaty mitts. But the Xbox 360 controller, there for me from the beginning. I would put, I would use it as a therapist. I think it can hold a lot of heavy burdens, and so that's
1: why it's my number four. I actually, when I wrote the Duke, I did in parentheses have honorable mention to the 360 controller (laughs) i think what happened with the 360 controller that keeps it off my list and this is just a steve thing is i've had a 360 controller where like the self charging pack went out i've had a 360 Mm. controller where the buttons got all sticky because i sweat like a beast when i play (laughs) games and i've come across enough like 360 controllers in thrift stores and stuff where the sticks are chewed up and the rubber's coming off like that's fair. My yeah. mental image of the 360 controller isn't as good as it could be just through the experiences I've had. But the Duke has always been there for me. Right on. All right. So my number four, and this is a, a hot, fresh take. If you had asked me a week and a half ago, I wouldn't have said this. But my number four is the NES Dog Bone controller. Oh. So and this is basically also saying the Super Nintendo controller because they're essentially identical. That's, that's but, true. Yeah. I've never thought the original NES controller was good. Like, why are there these horrible sharp corners on a controller (laughs) that hurt my hand? And it's like, it's too small. It's, it's not, I don't, from a man who loves the Duke, he's not going to also love the NES controller. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. But the dog bone, it's a little more ergonomical. It feels a little more responsive, and it's nice and round. You know that it's a good controller because they made it, and they're like, that's a good idea. We should just do that again for the Super <laughs> Nintendo. So.
0: That's a good point, man. I, I agree with you. I, I Now, I do like the NES controller because I find it to be one of the more resilient controllers ever made. I, you're hard-pressed to ever find one that just isn't awesome. I, but That's because it has so few buttons. It has few fail points. But at <laughs> yeah. the same time... It's it's a pretty solid controller but yeah I, I agree with you it, it's not the most comfortable. My number 3 is actually just going to be that DualShock/DualShock DualShock 2 from that PS2 era. You give me that. Oh. I mean they it felt like honestly once they hit once they started putting the sticks on it right around I guess the end of the PS1 and carried that forward through PS3 even to PS4 and what you see now. I mean they found they found a design that just fucking worked and it's been a huge part I mean the 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 console is almost a symbol I mean, I'm sorry. The controller is almost a symbol of the console at this point. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of that one, and I, you know, whether it's it's the best controller or not ergonomically, I couldn't particularly say. But I've definitely put in a lot of time with those controllers. Mm-hmm. Not had really any complaints with them, so I, I think it's it's one of those like unsung heroes of of controllers. Like it's just been it's been your 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 soldier. It's just been there for you. <laughs> it's not been too
1: too wild. It's just been there. <laughs> hey, you know what? There's a reason that there's more pawns than anything else on the chessboard, right? That's right. I think PS2, DualShock, and the 360 controller are in competition in my head for what is the default controller. Like, what is when you think of video game controllers, what one comes to mind? It's one of those two. All right, so for my number three, I went with the WaveBird controller. Mm, The WaveBird, now, I'll entertain the argument that the left side of the wave bird basically doesn't need to exist like who has ever touched the d-pad on a Gamecube controller <laughs> that control when you hold it it just feels like your hands belong in it those like grooved triggers that your fingers just rest in like a little hammock, mm, little hammock. oh it's it's the perfect size first wireless controller that I ever got to really get into and it's mm, it just it just feels right at home in the hands. I hear you buddy, and you know i I regret never
0: having a WaveBird controller. I've only seen pictures of it, and I can tell you, my hands get real excited when the pictures of it's on the screen. But I've never actually held one. But I have enjoyed, and my number two is, the GameCube controller. Mm. I love it. I love it a lot. And I actually prefer the GameCube controller for, I'm not a huge Smash player, obviously. I suck. But it feels good. I I got one of those Wii adaptable ones for when Smash came out for the Wii U. And, uh, I, I just, I don't know. There's something about that controller that speaks to me. I know it's not a universal favorite. It just feels right to me for the GameCube. I feel like it's, it's so good at what it does. There's something about one button being bigger than the other buttons. It's just like, why is that not a thing always? It seems kind of silly, but when I play the GameCube, I'm like, that's perfect. I use that button more than any other button all the time.
1: (laughs) And I don't know, like what it is, the psychology of it, but it being this big green button in the center of the controller, it is still just fun to push that button. Like <laughs> I just want, I just want to push the button. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's good stuff. All right. So for my number two, I'm aware. All right. Okay. I'm getting out ahead of you, poly critics. All right. I'm aware.
0: Yeah. Well, there's tons of them.
1: I'm in the new. I'm in the new hype cycle. All right. This is new technology to me. I'm having fun with my new toy. I'm going to say it's the PS five controller. Mm. Now all the fancy bells and whistles, the haptic feedback, the triggers, those are awesome. And I'm really liking those a lot, but also it's got just like a, it's the heaviest PlayStation controller yet. The dual sense. And it's just, it's got like the right angle on it for me to hold. It's got the right heft buttons. Feel good to press sticks have real good grip. It's, I think it's the best Sony controller so far. And with the, the haptic and stuff, I, I think it's a dang good controller. <laughs> I love to hear it, man. I've been wanting to hold that son of a bitch since people started talking about it. Yeah, I don't it's... even
0: want the console. I just <laughs> want the control. I, I swear to God, I just want to walk into a store and unpack one just to grip it as hard as I can to see if it can withstand my Sylvester Stallone cliffhanger ropey, meaty grip. But... um which I don't. I won't name the podcast. Ropey Media Grip. I promise you. But uh, I, I am excited to get my hands on on that and the Elite. People like both. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, the newest controller on my list and the one that is here listed as my number one is the Switch Pro controller. It's my number one as well. Is it? It's, We've it's done a it again. Good
1: controller. It's so good.
0: The <laughs> buttons so good. click
1: right. The D-pad feels perfect. The ah, oh, it just feels so goddamn good. Oh, I can. not imagine playing your switch and not using the pro controller like you picture it in your head and you're just dropping the switch into the garbage because (laughs) there's no other reason to play it it's it's an amazing controller. the buttons have like the perfect amount of springiness to them Mm -hmm. perfect shape easy to slide your thumbs around it's got like the that nice little, like, translute, like, just a little smoky gray, like, barely oh, yeah. see through it. Oh, oh, it's it's good stuff. Honestly, shout out to the Wii U Pro Controller, too, because that one was a solid Charmeleon to the Switch Pro's Charmander or Char- Charizard. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: here come the Polycritics. Here we go.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I agree
0: with you 100%. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that because the other day, uh, I just picked up. The Switch Pro Controller, it was on my couch, and I was watching some FBI files, as I do late into the night, because I am a 72-year-old woman, and I was Mm. watching some reruns of those from uh, the late 90s, and they're still good. They hold up, but I just happened to be bored and just picked up the Pro Controller and was just thumbing around with it, and it got me excited. I was like, ooh, (laughs) baby, and I had to go play a Switch game right there at like 1240 at night. I was like, I don't really have time for this, but... I gotta I got to exercise my demons. <laughs> it was as if I was watching a movie late at night and a girl in a bikini walked by and I felt like I had to go deal with it. I was like, we gotta get this out of my systems. I need to play a few rounds of Spyro, then we'll go to bed because I can't get my mind off this controller. So <laughs> it's that good in my opinion.
1: And on top of every, like, all the actual mechanics of what makes the controller good, it also just inexplicably lasts for, like, 40 hours. Why? I don't understand. I've charged it, like, two times since I've had
0: my Switch. Yeah, I forgot it needed to charge to the point—I've had it for, like, eight months. And the other day when the battery was dying, I was like, oh, no, do I have to call someone? I forgot that it had a battery. I didn't even remember how it had ever been charged. That's how long it had been between charges. I forgot that it needed it.
1: You get the low battery indicator, and that lets you know that it will now only last as long as every other controller does at full charge. Yeah. Like, it's it's just absurd.
0: Yeah, I had to call the cops. I didn't know what to do. But yeah, so that's our list of controllers. I thought it was a pretty good list. Once again, we have the same number ones. I think it's always fun when we have that. That makes me feel special mm-hmm. because you've beaten a ton of games and I beat Chili Con Carnage. So that's very, <laughs> I'm I'm a real gamer. I have good opinions. That's very encouraging for me. Uh, do you always change your number one at the end to be mine so that I'll keep the podcast going?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I can send you uh, pknotes.txt as evidence if you want to see it. <laughs>
0: Very good. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. We apologize it was girthy, but hey, you're just going to be hanging out with your family all week. You might as well listen to us for a little while longer. And uh, please, if you got to just beat it, send that in. If you got a, if you got a question, you want to submit through an email, we'll answer it on the show. We don't usually do that, but that's because we don't usually get emails. Uh, we did yeah. get a few from Top Spot, though. I just want to point that out. Top Spot, we got them. We're gonna, we're gonna. That's next episode. Turn we, it got you. It. we got you, buddy. We got you. Thank you so much, and uh, to everyone else. Thank you so much. Please check out the the website and the rest of the shows on the network. And
1: uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Thanks, everybody. It will be a crime if you don't name this episode Chili Cone Troller.